Graphic design empire. Take control of it. Do you know what? These are really great questions. If you want it, you're just going to find a way to get it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. Today's episode is with Yacoub Mir, uh, new Crazy Waffle Podcast host and um, and yeah, just all around general great guy. Uh, we talked a lot about sports, uh, sports mentality in design and getting a sports stars mentality and athletes mentality into your creative career um, and how that might be able to help you as well. We all love sports and, uh, and pick up many things, many traits from different athletes around the world and different athletes that we look up to and put it into our own work and our own uh, careers. So this is how we did it, um, this is how we do it, and how we how it continues to drive us forward as well, uh, from competitiveness to, to health and fitness. So, yeah, really hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you do, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review over there for Creative Waffle. We're really trying to grow and, and get out to more people, so uh, please do do that, and that will really help us. Uh, thank you very much, and let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. It's my first proper podcast, I think. We made the on the, I uh, made an appearance yeah. at the DNAD episode, which was fun. It caught, it caught me out of left field. You said, do you want to do an episode? Do you want to record something real quick? And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so yeah, with that, I thought I thought DNAD would get like more involved with that. I thought like they'd have me on a little just, sort of little stage. That's what I thought. I thought, because they had some speakers throughout the day, and I thought, oh, you might be going on stage or anything or something. Yeah. But you should, they should definitely get live podcasts going. So many other fields do live podcasts i think we should uh, the creative field should start doing more of them as well i'm not big enough yet not big time oh you'll get there you'll get there <laughs> Crazy for sure waffle needs to be bigger um no yeah well they had they had someone else talk but um i think they had a few live chats but anyway yeah live podcast is the way yeah. forward and record it put it online i think so you can get you can try and get the audience involved in in ways as well q a's and stuff like that for the uh for the audience and the uh the people on stage I think it's a great idea. That's it. We'll do some more. We'll definitely do some when the coronavirus stops. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah. soon. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So uh, welcome. Can we can start with who you are, what you do, and what you're uh, all about? Yeah, I am Yakub Mir. I work in Sun Design, which is set in Rosendale. We work on brand and brand strategy for. Uh, well, it's it's more so than just logo design, as you you're aware. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Again, that's my favorite part of it, honestly, is the strategy side of it. Nice. Uh, the knowing why we do it before actually going out and doing it is, is a very key component on what we do. But yeah, just, uh, just a kid uh, enjoying what he does at the moment, trying to get better every day. That's how I, I explain that. it. That's such a good mentality as well. We'll definitely talk about sports yeah. mentality and everything, because um, this podcast is going to be all about sports and how you can get... Um, well, how, how we take from sports, how we take from af- big athletes and, and apply yeah. their mentality and, and uh, into our own lives uh, in, in our design careers as well. Um, yeah, I watch I... a lot of uh, a lot of American sports for the most part, oddly enough. I don't yeah. know, I, I used to watch Premier League all the time and then at some point I transitioned to like the NFL and the NBA, ah. which nobody else cares about except for me, at least in this area. So How come? What attracted you to those sports? I don't know. I think around 2010, I just started picking up watching the NFL. And I, I was actually born in Connecticut. Mm. A little known, well, I say little known fact. I tell everybody. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't there for long at all. I was there until I was like two. Right. 
and then my parents moved back. We all, I was only born there because my dad had a job in IT over there. I, I don't know. I just maybe I tried to connect with more my more American side, which barely exists. But I started watching the Giants, New York Football Giants, and uh, just from there I, I kind of stuck. And then basketball came next, and then hockey came after that. Who were uh, what basketball team do you support? Uh, the, unfortunately, it's the Knicks. Uh, uh, we're not doing too hot right now, and we haven't been doing too hot for the last twenty years. <laughs> well, I've so, just yeah. I've just picked a basketball team, and I've, I've gone for Brooklyn. Have you? I've gone for Brooklyn Nets, so like your rivals. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, we were supposed to get a couple of teammates of yours. We were supposed to get Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and the best ones. Our owner right. doesn't know. Yeah, the, the best, best ones. ones are. <laughs> our owner wasn't. Well, he doesn't know what he's doing, really. But. Um, I'm so new to I, basketball. I think we, we I have didn't. no idea. <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's fun. It, the best part of basketball is the last two minutes. Right. If it's right. a close game, the last two minutes are the most exciting thing you'll ever witness. Uh, you can just kind of fall asleep for in the, during the first three quarters, maybe. But, yeah, that's uh, that's what I sort of got from from betting on it. That's how I really got into it. Like I started. Oh, yeah. I, I was addicted to betting sort of like last last year. Uh, Back end of last year, just bet on everything, and obviously the coronavirus helped me out and just stopped all sports. So that's sort of got yeah, me out. Of yeah, yeah, uh, save some money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, it was so tense waiting for those last. I was staying up till two, three o'clock in the morning, just waiting for those last quarters. Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, when you're watching the Knicks, it's never really tense. It's it's it's. <laughs> that's why I started watching the Lakers or something just to feel something again, because yeah. <laughs> I was so bored of watching my team lose. That's uh. Yeah, what you said at the start as well about about um, branding and knowing more about the strategy side of it behind behind why we're doing logos. I was speaking to a guy called Danny Matthews before this call. I had a little chat with oh, him right. about um, about branding and and sort of me learning a bit more about branding and um, going into the deeper reasons. So I think a lot of younger designers we just create stuff for, for creating yeah. stuff's sake and because it, and it mm-hmm. looks nice and we don't understand all the yeah. reasoning behind it. Um, I just, I just wanted to. I don't really know why I mentioned it. Just to share it, just to realise, yeah, we, we need to understand the, the reasoning behind stuff these days. And design is that's that's the part yeah. of design. I've always just every, every I, I began to learn. Luckily, I started learning it. I think in the third year of uni. But I think everything needs to have a rationale. It, it's it's more so than oh, it just looks pretty. Mm. It's why does it look pretty? How does it interact with the consumer and the, the client? Uh, you know, stuff just basic, not basic stuff like that, but um why does this why is it type like why is it set in such a way uh what is it trying to convey what is the typeface itself trying to convey uh i think that's that's looking at looking at the why for everything once you've got that strategy down the design process is kind of self-explanatory because once you've got solid rationale you need to know all the answers to the questions that you make before anyone else asks the questions themselves and then once you once you've got that, the design process becomes not. It's never a cakewalk, right? But <laughs> you you can fill in the gaps quite easily from there. Yeah, that is it. Because that's what I was going to sort of client meetings, and that's and that's why I never felt confident in them because I was always always asking questions that I didn't know the reason why right. I was asking them. Right. So mm-hmm. I just it's just crazy. We got we got lucky at university where the teacher started to drill that into us. Even if our thing looked pristine. Well, why does it look like this? And oh, I, I don't know. Well, That's go back really and good. figure it out. You know, <laughs> because once you've got that installed, yeah, like I said, the design the design process becomes a lot simpler. Mm. Um, 
because you've got all the rationale you've you've answered all the questions before you've even started so. yeah and, and to be honest I've, I've really really just you know you know when someone puts it so perfectly like you understand it straight away I only just realized that today like literally as we're recording this today I, I was doing a um I started a new course online it's a Barcelona uh, football um course but it's all about branding and sports marketing um and, that, and they've summed up branding in such a nice way all mm-hmm. about reputation and how how the uh, consumer um perceives you is is your brand and they summed it up in yeah. such a nice way that I just it just sort of clicked and I was like, oh after all these yeah. years <laughs> I've, I've been watching a lot of uh, Simon Sinek who's a great talker and yeah, yeah. I've been reading Michael Beirut's book on how to and uh, I think I think all of that knowledge is coming from from there it's not it's not I'm not just coming up with it obviously no but that's, that's yeah. it that's it we, we stand on the shoulders of giants as they say um, yeah exactly like that um, they, they've all of them have some great insight into what makes a brand more complete mm. uh yeah, it it's just comes with the why, why why do we do what we do, and why why does the client do what uh, they're trying to convey? Why are they trying to convey to their consumer, uh, and how do we vision? Because a brand is not uh, it, it, it isn't what the it's not the brand like the logo is not the brand. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more so than that. The brand is what the promise is to the consumer. Mm. Yeah, the brand is its interaction with the consumer. And the logo and the visual language is just the just how to convey that to the consumer in a visual term. Um, like uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, there's a Simon Sinek talk, and he talks about um, how he stayed at the Four Seasons Hotel. I think right. I, I don't know if you've heard this. Yeah, but he yeah. Said, no, um, I've heard the. Sorry, I've heard every, of the hotel. <laughs> yeah, every um, talk to was really uplifted and really um helpful even to the barista the baristas were like the most happy people in the world and he asked why the baristas are so happy he said well because my boss is really happy and you know it it trickles down if your boss is going to ask you how are you feeling is there anything i can do to help you the barista is going to say to the consumer how are you and and that's the brand Mm -hmm. experience is more important than uh this might be a cliche uh, not cliche but uh a bad thing to say but the brand experience is more important than the brand looks the brand look is like the the cherry on top you know it's it's important to get that all those questions answered first and then we can make it look beautiful yeah exactly yeah and that's, that's sort of what i've just figured out is, is that um it comes from like the brand look comes from all the experience stuff it comes from all the internal yeah, exactly. and, internal stuff as well and like, if, mm-hmm. if it's not in, internally i mean you can you can relate this back to your body as well if you're not internally like happy or not internally mm-hmm. healthy or not eating good food and stuff your outside body looks a bit yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> messed up right you, feel, you can feel a bit sloppy and you kind of if you put positivity out there you're going to start feeling more positive i used mm-hmm. to be i used to in the second year of uni i think i was not the most negative person but like i didn't put a lot of positivity out there and then i i realized something needed to change and going into that third year of uni i was like well what if I start working out and I started to feel better about myself and then as a result I started to act a bit more uplifted and, mm. and things started happening better for me because I, I I think I built up a stronger mentality off of it for sure and without, without trying to sound like Joe Rogan I mean it's it's, it's so right <laughs> it's, it's you start off with like start off with uh 
like working on yourself and, and that challenge. I think Joe Rogan always talks about that, having that challenge at the start of your day. Yeah. Or if you overcome it, you know, going for a run in the morning, or, or if you do some workout, do a workout that's hard and actually taxes you physically, and then mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest thing in your day gone and done. Like you are over that hump, so everything else yeah. in the day is light, and it, and it shouldn't, it doesn't feel. Strenuous. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be working out. Everyone has that one thing that yeah. they can do to um, to put themselves in a better mood or start the day right. And yeah, and it just builds up from there. For for me, I found that you can't tell because I'm really scrawny, but here, wor- right. <laughs> working out working out put me in a better mindset, and mm. from there everything started to to fall into place. 100%. Um, yeah. Also, it gave me a break. I I realize I'm really bad at taking time off, uh, and I'm really bad at turning my brain off. You know, design is not a nine to five thing, but you do need to stop yourself at some point, otherwise you're going to go insane. Mm. and I, I'm at one point I got really bad at just I can't play games like I used to I used to get on at college and get on FIFA or whatever it may be and just play for hours and now I just kind of go I'm not really being productive right now yeah this is um, something that I want to talk about like sorry to cut you off because I know you're talking about it no, no, it's really hypocritical but um, <laughs> yeah I want to talk about it but I'm going to cut you off uh, yeah it's uh, yeah no it's so true it's so, it's so true and I, I felt like that so, so much um we sort of build up this guilt of uh guilt of wanting mm-hmm. to keep working wanting to always feel productive have you ever have you gotten over it or are you still still feeling about it uh i think i think i'm giving myself more time now especially in furlough at one mm. point i messaged my boss and i was like oh i'm just doing this side project and he was like you, you know you're on a technically you can take a break now so i'm i'm not perfect i'm still working on it but i understand it started with going to the gym that gave me time to do something productive while also giving myself time away from what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. That sounds weird to say, considering I'm just out of uni. But um, uh, from there, I think, yeah, I'll I'll structure my day in a way where I give myself time to be idle. Um, I think being idle is quite an important part of the design process, but also good for you mentally as well. So like if I watch a Skillshare video at for an hour and then I read for an hour and then I won't do anything. I'll I'll just sit and chill. Or I'll allow myself to play on my Xbox now. It's kind of poking into the frame, I think. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll allow myself some time. Uh, especially, I've got a cousin who's about a year younger than me and we're the most competitive people in the world. So we'll play NFL or we'll play uh, 2K for, for like one or two games. I'll shout at my computer and throw my controller, and then I'm and and then I'm done. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's. This is something that I've. I've uh, I don't know how to go over, if I'm honest, because every time I do try and sit down, and unless I'm watching. Unless I'm watching something I really want to watch, like Netflix mm-hmm. or like that Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah. Or well, the, the Last Dance. It's not really. I mean, it is Michael Jordan documentary. It is. Um, it, it, it turned into a Michael Jordan yeah. documentary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's watch something like that. Something that I really want to watch. Like I can't just sit down and watch trash TV. I just it does I my head either. in. No. Um, I, I probably won't just sit down and listen to music. I I, I never do that. Um, I'll mm-hmm. go for a run and and listen to music, or I'll be doing yeah. some playing around on Illustrator whilst listening to music. Or yeah. Um, Even when um I started going on walks during this furlough for right. as as much as I can. Even then, I had difficulty switching off. Um, I'd listen to I'd listen to your podcast, and not just because you're I'm on it. I'm I'm not the same. That I'll listen to Kate <laughs> Kate Cohen or yeah. Proper Talk or whoever's on uh, Michael Bayer who's got a great podcast. 
I'm just plugging other people's podcasts on your stuff. On your it's stuff. all right. It's all right. One day we'll be uh, bigger than that. It'll be all right. <laughs> uh, but that was a way to relax by going on a walk, but still being productive by listening in on stuff. Uh, so I, I guess I'm no. I guess the answer is no. I'm not good at taking time off still. Mm. Uh, like I said to you just before the podcast started, it took me about three months to ask my boss for two days off because uh, well, we're, I, all three of us in the studio, we really love what we do. So to step away from it is the hardest thing in the world. But yeah, I didn't, you know, coming out of uni, I got the two week work placement before uni had ended. Uh, so I didn't have a summer holiday or any old holiday in between. I went from uni to work to graduating back to work. Mm. Uh, and I, I'd realized around February that I was getting tired and I, I was worrying that it was starting to affect my work and I didn't want it to because, you know, I, 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 I live for design in, in the simplest of terms. So I, I thought, you know, by me doing design every day is actually, it's going to become a detriment to me if I keep going. So I need, even if it's just two days, two days I can reset. And to be honest, I did a side project while I was on those two days but it was um it was a bit more um, a more relaxed atmosphere where i could just fill up the uh fill up the tank you know you don't drive an in, uh, a car if your engine's failing yeah uh, so it's it's the same thing you got to get your mind right first and then come back it's important and i know it's important but why don't we do it like why <laughs> it's that's the uh, i think that's a million dollar question um because we all say it I've, I've given so many people the same advice, take time off, take time off. And I don't do it myself. It's, it's the hardest thing in the world for me. Uh, and I, I'm luckily beginning to now. Uh, I think because of this forced break, I've allowed myself uh, to give. And, you know, it's been Ramadan recently mm. for me. So I've allowed myself to sleep in a little bit and cut out some of the day. So I'm not hungry when I wake up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but... Uh, it's it's an important thing for time, you know, because it eventually you're going to feel like you're running on empty, and your work's going to take a hit. And if you stop enjoying what you do, I, I think that's well, what else? What's there to do other than that? Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's the thing as well. That like the whole thing's become sort of one like sort of become one thing so my my career is sort of my life is my life now it's not like i go to the work yeah, and then i come same. home and that's different like i mm. still even when i'm watching because i work in sports partnerships and sports marketing because i'm <laughs> yeah. watching sports at home like my job just comes in in with my work like i'm looking at mm. um sponsors on t-shirts and football sh and like when i'm going shopping or yeah. um like brand partnerships all the time it's always there and sometimes mm. i'll send stuff to the work colleagues because i've seen it and it looks cool and that's something we could do at work or so it's yeah. always on my mind, and I think with you as well. Like it's that designer, it's that designer. Like uh, I don't know if someone called it an illness once, but a designer illness <laughs> where we look at everything and think, oh, that that could have been better. That that grid mm -hmm. could have been sorted properly, or yeah. uh, type says, oh, there's a widow there. <laughs> I oh my god, I, I've I've got to the the time. my fifty my fifteen year old sister points out widows now because I've done it so much <laughs> that she's picked That's up great. on it and she hates me for it. But I think I think everybody from people who are just coming out of college, uh, uni, sorry, to um, someone like Paula Sure, yeah. we're all going to walk around going, oh, this could look different, or this could look different. I, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, uh, but I think it's us regardless. <laughs> I don't think there's much we can do about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
let's go let's go on to the uh the, the sports um sports side of things and the comp, comp, uh, competitive side of things because i know you, know, you said you're yeah. really competitive i know i'm really competitive and yeah so where'd you get your competitiveness from let's start with that i it might be just from my family to be honest i think we've always been competitive uh whether it be uh, well for the most part my cousins had my number because they're more academic than i am and right. i'd get the uh I'd come home from school and my mum would be like, well, your cousin did better than you did. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So, uh, and then from there, just the other day, we were trash talking each other on, on, Madden, on Madden. I don't know. It, it must have been a family thing. It's definitely not from my dad's side. My dad's so mellow. Uh, he doesn't care what other people think or what other people do. And I think you do need to have a little bit of that mm. in your daily life as well. It's, it's all fun and games to be competitive. I think it's you need to know that your biggest competition is yourself first. Uh, like, I, I try now to wake up and say, well, what can I do today that will make me better than I was yesterday before I think about what I, how I can beat my cousin or whatever it may be. In design, I don't... I don't in, um, in a design world, I'm not very competitive. Uh, outside of that design, I'm the most competitive. I played badminton uh, not professionally i played it in a club <laughs> for like four years yeah and you would you wouldn't think badminton is um a trash talking sport oh no but, i, I bet know, it is yeah i bet it it's, is oh my god you want to throw rackets you want to kick nets you want to do everything <laughs> in that in that sport it's i i get intense i'm not fun to play against i feel bad for anyone who's ever had to play against me because all, all i want to do is win and i don't make it fun for the other person it's not a fun game to be around in uh, the design world, though, it, it is more so to me it, more important to say what can I do differently to better myself and not concentrate too heavily on what... I mean, be aware of what other people are doing around you, but it's not the be-all, end-all that you're not... But this person has a gold pencil and I don't. It's it's not. In the grand scheme of things, again, going back to Simon Sinek, mm. he talked about how we're in an infinite game which in any business is in an infinite game. We're not going to, there's no winners or losers. It's you're literally playing to stay in the game. And if you put your resource, resources into yourself, you're going to last longer. That's why people like Apple are so successful. He told a story in that same talk. I'll try not to plagiarize this entire thing, but he said um, he did a talk for Apple and Microsoft at the same time, around the time that the iPod and Zoom were um, competing. And he was in a car with somebody from Apple. And he said, you know, the, uh, the Zoom's actually better. Uh, he's got a better interface than your iPod. And he went, yeah, I'm sure it does. Because he's not, he's not thinking about what Microsoft are doing. He's not trying to compete with Microsoft. He's trying to make his product the best it can. Where Microsoft fell off is that they go, well, this is my competition, Apple. How do I beat them? Which kind of loses. And you kind of lose your focus on, you know, designing for the consumer and and you know, doing it, it's not doing its job anymore. It's trying to fight somebody else. Whereas Apple can, uh, Apple's branding is focused on, well, how can we help other people? And they, they never lost sight of that. And and I think Microsoft kind of did in that regard. So that's, that's interesting. So they put, so they sort of achieved, they, they sort of achieved their goal. They sort of, they got to their level. Um, what's the word I'm trying to look for? So they beat Apple in, in their interface and they thought, okay, that's enough. We, we've done our job sort of thing. And then yeah, they stayed still. I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Once you've, once you've attained a goal like I've beaten him, 
what else is there for you to do right. if you if you stay on that infinite game of how can i better myself you can never beat yourself because there's always room for improvement mm. obviously don't beat yourself up about it but there's always room where you can improve and uh, and you don't you don't lose focus that way i think microsoft's failure was the zoom was was a better system but it, i think it lost touch of what it was trying to achieve where apple you know they're trying to inspire teachers to teach better creatives to create better and they never lost sight of that they weren't in competition with microsoft directly right. they um whereas microsoft tried to make it a direct competition you know I, i'm you know i might be talking out my ass here i don't know <laughs> no, 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 it's interesting i'm trying to think about it in, in terms of my own my own life and my own and especially in terms of the podcast where i'm always looking at oh. other people podcast but i don't well, really I think to... we're all, sorry we're all guilty of it yeah i think um especially like even in the first few years at uni there were people in my class that i felt like i needed to compete with mm. but it wasn't until i uh, started going well i need to fix something about me and stay focused on me in order to deliver the best product that i can deliver not really focus on what other people are doing uh that where i started to see improvements in myself did you know that you would be better than the other people if uh if you worked on yourself uh no i i didn't i didn't really think about uh like levels and at that point i didn't think i was number one or number two or wherever i just thought if i can be the best version of me then i'm winning this race for myself and if i continue to strive to be the best version of me i'm going to stay on that infinite path path and stay in this uh, business so to speak a lot mm. longer um it's, it's yeah it's more about longevity like there's not really an end point you, no one's going to win business you know uh there's no first or last it's not a tournament you're not in direct contact with your competition there might be other studios that do the same things as us but they're not we're not facing head to head most of the time we've got our things and they've got their things it's our job is to do our things as best that we can you know see that's this is a mindset which i'm i'm trying to get into but i can't seem to do it I'm, it's I hard. Can't, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure i bet there's still parts of me and in fact, I know there's still parts of me that I'm trying to work on where it comes to, oh, this person's doing that, this person's doing this. But it, you, you kind of have to learn to block out that kind of noise and focus on how do I better myself. And then you can rise to those levels without even realizing that you're doing it, you know, because you're, you're doing the little things every day to improve on, on you and not really focusing on what somebody else in like Leicester's doing better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, this is a long road. I mean, uh, see, I keep thinking of it in terms of maybe it just it's just sports coming back to me. If you know, if I find <laughs> if if I if I if I keep if I keep chipping away at myself and, and working to be the best, most productive person I can be, then I still it still comes back to the point where I'll beat other people. Yeah, but, but I don't I don't it's think of it. It's just, yeah. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well like um for some people it might motivate them i'm not saying that my mentality is necessarily the right one if you watch that jordan documentary somebody else winning the mvp pushed him to be better because he knows oh i'm better than them yeah so i think it's about finding your the, the thing that works best for you right so um, for me as much as i am competitive I, I try and stifle it a little bit just so it doesn't eat at me but um 
with with someone like Jordan, he his um motivation was always proving people wrong. It never he never talked about his money in that documentary. He never talked about winning having the most money than anyone yeah. else. Uh, it was more important for him. Oh, Charles Barkley got the MVP. I'm going to win this championship instead. It, um, I, th- I think that competitiveness is. Um, I don't know that one. That's also a gift and a curse a little bit, in, in a regard, because that competitiveness followed him to everything he did. You know, yeah. whether it be gambling or or his sport. Um, but he was motivated by uh, proving people wrong. He was motivated. Uh, by being the best, but he he also worked on his game individually as well. You could see instances of that as well, but he wanted to be the best that he could possibly be in order to better the team. Uh, you know, there's a player called Allen Iverson who might have a better crossover than Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan's was still technically sound and could do the get the job done. Uh, he didn't concentrate on this one part of my game uh, could be. Uh, the nicest that it could be. Like Allen Iverson's crossover was devastating. Uh, Jordan's crossover, you know, still worked. It still created separation. So why would I try even harder to bet to get Iverson's crossover when my job, you know, I can do things that Allen Iverson can't do, or you know, that kind of give and take. Right. Um, you're going to be able to offer something um, that other people can't, and other people are going to be able to offer something that you can't but you, um, as long as you keep working on bettering yourself I think you'll become more well-rounded in that regard yeah I hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's sorry was I, was, I, was I attacking you directly I meant no like, yeah, it feels good in, it feels, in a general sense it feels good it feels good to have uh, to be in um, to be in this sort of therapy sort of mindset is, yeah. <laughs> generally like it's, it's some of these podcasts do turn out this way or, or like addressing my own, my own issues as well which is good um, but yes yeah, uh, you know, I mean Michael Jordan obviously is an extreme competitor and I mean yeah. I'm de- I, you know nowhere near that level uh, of competitiveness but I mean I mean it, it's hard to be I don't know if yeah. anyone can be at that level of competitiveness from the little thing you saw him doing the uh, the quarter like throwing quarters at the wall, who can get that better? Yeah, he wanted to be. He wanted to be the best in every field possible. Throwing um, on the red dots and the carpet—it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he also didn't let his lot. But th- th- I think what was what made Jordan so great is that he didn't let his um, failures get to him either. Right, he moved uh, on. He had that yeah. confidence to come back. There was a point in the documentary where he was down again. I think against Utah, he was like four-two down in the series, and he said, "Well." We still got to come against. They still got to come to Chicago, and, and they they still have to play us next week. And we've got the confidence. We've got a great team. We know that we can get the job done. Yeah. And it's important. Everyone's going to have these down moments, but it's important to not let it eat at you, and uh, just bounce back from it. You know, I, I've had moments where it's like, uh, oh, I, I messed up today. Or I didn't have the most productive day. Or I didn't do this right today. You know, it's, you can think about it for. I wouldn't give too much time on it. Learn from it, um, and then just rectify the problem if there is a problem, uh, and just move on from it. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, if they throw an interception in a game, very quickly they just forget that interception ever happened, and they go into that next series with the confidence that they've never thrown a pick in their life. But um, they know that they have. They've learned from it. They've learned not to throw that direction again, <laughs> and. Um, and they've just moved on and kept that confidence rolling. 
yeah, I think that's that's important and it's something I still struggle with. And in, in relating it back to design, it's like if you if you're failing a project, if it's if it's not gone as well as you could have hoped, or the client picked the wrong option, uh, you didn't want to. Like, <laughs> I say pick the I say pick the wrong option. I mean the one that you presented to them, which uh, shouldn't well, have happened in the first place. Well, ultimately, yeah. <laughs> Well, if they, the uh, we've had plenty of that in at work where we probably thought, oh, the client will go this direction, and th- and they've ended up going a completely different direction. But um, you know, w- if the client's is happy, there's been uh, like in the Michael Bayrou book, he talked about how he wanted a different uh, outcome, but the client kept saying no, and he said, uh, well, if the client says no, it's not working, then it's a bad idea, and we shouldn't pursue it. So. And you you make it work <laughs> off of that. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Come coming back from things, and I know we we talked a little bit about it before the call as well. Um, and I listed sort of uh, traits of a few uh, a few characteristics of famous sports people that I, I admired, um, and one of them yep. was the the two thousand and five Champions League uh, win, Liverpool versus AC Milan. Yeah. Just uh, that's the ultimate comeback for me is is being three nil mm. down at half time. Coming back to draw a game three all and then winning on penalties, that's just in, yeah. like the amount of it's, effort it's they put absolute in. Absolute drive that even when behind, they yeah. can still get the job done. They know they can still get the job done. They just gonna need to get that one spot. It's the same. Obviously, I'm going to say a more American. Uh, there's yeah. two that come to mind. Uh, watching basketball, I think it was the 2015 or 16 finals. It was the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the. Uh, Golden State Warriors and the Cavs were 3-1 down in the finals games so they needed to win the next four or five to come back and win the championship and they knew that and they never lost faith that they could do get the job done and they went out and they came back and they won it because they kept that confidence up they kept the head held high they've been through adversity they know that they can deal with it mm. and it's just a matter of blocking out all the noise you know, people are going to say negative things about you during that time. Just, just don't let it get to. You. Well, it's hard to say. It's not, and it's not as easy as just going. Or oh, don't let it get to you. Yeah. Um, having a good support system around is crucial. I'm sure those teammates were all there for each other, rallying each other. Uh, at the studio, we've probably had some negative things said about us. One of my friends has said something negative about my work, and I've come into the studio and I've ranted at Jamie. I'm like, can you believe you just said that to me? And Jamie's mm. like, oh. He's not working, so what's he talking about? You know, you just gotta, you gotta have a perspective on it, uh, and just kind of let it let it pass, you know, because you're you're still doing great things. You don't have to um, to hear the negatives just for the sake of negativity. So a lot of people are negative just for the sake of negativity, yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna push that on you, and uh, it's your job just to kind of go, well, what do you want me to do about it? I I can. I love hearing um, if you go on certain design websites and you go to scroll to the, the comments, you see, um, oh, I, I can do a better job. Why didn't they give this project to me? It's like, well, you didn't do a better job, so leave it be. What's your What's your deal? Uh, yeah, there's some funny comments like that on design blogs. Like, I love them. Uh, oh, we, we've got them, and I, I love them. I kind of wear them as a badge of honor. If, I feel like I've done something right if I get that. Yeah. Um, well, they say so. Maybe, maybe quite jo- – sorry. Sorry to cut you off. No, no. Maybe quite – quite Jordan-esque in that way where I hear the negativity and it kind of fuels me in a little way mm. where I'm like all right I'll, I'll go and it probably does stem back to my mum saying you know your cousin did better than you so I go okay I'll, I'll go out and I'll go out and do something different next time you'll see 
I quite enjoy that little tit for tat that you get with comments and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because I, I wasn't ever very good at sports. I'm trying to. Get oh, me it. neither. <laughs> Well, this is it. Maybe we're trying. To, maybe we're trying to channel this aggression and and competitiveness yeah, into our design work. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I was I was good at badminton and only badminton. I think I'm five nine. I can't dunk, so I can't play basketball. Uh, I wasn't great at English football. I keep saying English football because I'm so used to saying yeah. football when I talk about. I can throw a football pretty well, an American football, but again, five nine. Uh, I got into sports. Or I got into NFL a bit late. To, to really compete in that aspect i went to a training camp once and i was the smallest guy there and, and the least like um experienced guy there as well yeah so i think i think i am kind of funneling that um must be creativity into this yeah that's it's, it's fun it's definitely an interesting ride to to have all this uh parallels to sports and a lot of sports designers mm-hmm. and the people in this community have that and it's it's fun it's fun to see i mean it's this is why this is another reason why I love uh, sports design and I want to do this for a living or, or I'm doing it for a living because mm-hmm. because I love I love sports and if if we're making work like sports as well then I'm I guess I'm just gonna love it a bit more and but then again yeah. that competitiveness if, if, but yeah I mean if you do what you love you're gonna work your ass off to to be great yeah. at it and I think that's that's an important thing to do is I it's it's corny to say I'll oh, do what you love and you'll never feel like you worked a day in your life and all that stuff. But it's kind of true. And if you're surrounded with a team that loves it as equally as you do, uh, it inspires you to to be better and to work harder and put in the time for for your team. I know for me, Jamie and Gabby both love design as much as I do. And, and it's fun to peek at their screens and see what they're doing and stuff. And it makes you want to work that much harder for your mm. team. And we've all got this common ground that we love design. If I had a boss that didn't really feel it and was a bit burnt out or whatever i'm not i would probably not enjoy it and i probably would only go in for the paycheck but um being able to go in and you know see the love for design that my boss has it, it makes you feel like you want to want to be that too yeah 100%. and uh, to go back to the the sports analogy there's a coach in the nfl called bill belichick and i've heard of it to me you? he's he coaches New England, New England okay. Patriots. They've won six championships. He's had, he's, and he's won nine because he won a few with the Giants. Eight, no, eight. He won two with the Giants. Um, but he's, to me, that perfect leader role where he's got the right amount of empathy, right amount of perspective. He uh, takes the blame and none of the credit. Uh, and he loves, if you ever hear him talk about football, you can tell he just loves football. So all the people on his team, are going to hear that love for football and it's infectious and you're going to you're going to want to work that much harder for him because you can see how much he loves it mm. so well, i think i think that that's yeah. so important I, I, I love that and then hearing hearing that is, is fantastic and some of these you know sports stars they all they all i mean you look at you look at all the sports stars and say it, well, I, guess, I guess it's translate over to other leagues as well but in the premier league you see the ones that are working because they love the game you can see the ones that are working because mm-hmm. they love money Right, you, yeah, see, exactly. you see the two types of people. You see the the lack of effort from people who just love the money, 100%. and they'll get into trouble. They'll do X, Y, and Z. Um, what else have you learned from sports stars? What else? Is, what other traits have you taken and, and put it into your inquiry? I think one of my favorite traits that I've learned was from uh, Kobe. 
I I say all I've said it since a young age actually that the, my two biggest inspiration in sports are Kobe Bryant and <laughs> Kobe Bryant and uh, Tom Brady. It hurts me that I say Tom Brady because he was New England's quarterback for many years and not the Giants. And we beat him twice in the Super Bowl. Just want to make that loud and clear. Uh, but Kobe, I was reading his book. I have his Mamba mentality book above me, and he told a story about. Um, he had a ankle injury that ended his season and an ankle injury can be quite severe for somebody playing basketball because it's a very bottom heavy sport mm. uh and you know to get his foot stronger he um he could have easily gone to like a strength and conditioning coach somebody on the lakers facility could help him strengthen that up that ankle post surgery but he he looked outside of um his profession and thought tap dancers have great footwork They've got really fast feet. They've got really strong legs. They've got really strong calf muscles. Why don't I pick up tap dancing for the off-season? And that can help me on the court. And I think that's an important thing to just, like, especially when you're doing a design, like a branding piece of work, to look outside of design for creativity, uh, whether it be your environment, other, like, sports, people in your life. Uh, Craig Craig Oldham is a designer from Manchester and he talks about his dad as being a big inspiration for his creativity because again I'm not trying to plagiarize uh, Craig Oldham's story uh, uh, but his dad has like a load of uh, bits and bobs in a drawer in the kitchen and anytime anything breaks in the house he can fix it with those bits and bobs and his dad doesn't see that as creativity but Craig Oldham mm. being in a creative field can see how the creativity in that I think being able to look outside of design in order to be creative is a, is a crucial part and something that I uh, definitely took away from, from Colby. Yeah, I mean, two, two questions on that. What is, first of all, what is uh, Mamba mentality? Ooh, that's, it's a tough question and it's hard to, to put into, into words, I guess. But it's, I think it, it's similar to Jordan's mentality where it's just that striving to do whatever you can to be great not necessarily to, you know, again, to compete with anybody else, but be the best that you can possibly be. Uh, how to put yourself in scenarios that where you can better yourself, put yourself out there. Like, go and tap dancing. That must have been... I'm sure Kobe doesn't, doesn't talk about, didn't talk about how scared he was in certain scenarios. Actually, he did. He, he had an interview where he talked about it's okay to be scared. It, it's just... The Mamba mentality is just focus beyond belief at that point it's uh it's like a desire and a, w a will to be the best and doing whatever you can to um to do that see i'm i'm obsessed by this tunnel vision sort of and, and it yeah. can be a hindrance saying that but this tunnel vision mentality where you're okay say so, so my big overall goal is to work for the olympics and do an olympic branding or yeah. do a, or do a uh a branding for a world cup i think they're both I'm trying to work out which one's bigger. I think the Olympics are slightly Oh, they're bigger. both huge. They'd be really fun projects to work on, for sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to work out eventually, not like a long-term plan or anything, but I'm trying to work out mm -hmm. you know, in my career what is, what's going to get me to those places, what my, what's going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I think doing stuff, you can, you can you can get on this kind of vision of only doing stuff in your life that impacts that and actually mm -hmm. helps you get to that goal. And you could you could do it to a great degree um and, and obviously you could also overdo it to a, to a hindrance as well like whether you yeah where you're starting to cut out friends and start to cut out family because it doesn't yeah, yeah yeah 
I think being able to look out of that tunnel vision as well, like Craig Oldham looking at his dad for inspiration. Um, Sometimes I go to my dad or my mom or somebody who isn't in a creative field and say, what do you think of this? Because, you know, it's the, uh, like, if especially if they're like the target market for a brand or whatever it may be, they might offer insight that you didn't even think of because you're like, we're so tunnel visioned that we don't, we miss some of the outside world. And uh, they can say one thing that puts it into perspective. And I think um, so I think it's important to communicate uh, and take advice from people not in the creative world as well, especially like your clients. Yeah. I think Paula Scher told a story on a Skillshare video, and I'm probably I'm sure it's she's done it in talks as well, uh, where the her branding for uh, jazz, the the I think it's a magazine, came from her client saying well jazz is like having a square peg in a round hole and that because i think if you had tunnel vision you might have missed that but because she was spatially aware and she heard that phrase and really clinged on to it the brand became centered around having a square peg in a round hole and how jazz mm. is different yeah that's uh that's, that's interesting that because yeah that, that project was really really powerful as well when um when yeah laid out because obviously i mean originally, initially looking at that and i know I'm meant to be talking to her next week, and I'm I'm scared. But I, <laughs> I would be. T- I would be. T- she's one of my uh, I don't want to start, favorites. I don't want to start like talking back about our projects. But when you initially look at that jazz logo, you're like, oh, that's just a pretty simple logo that anyone could do. Mm-hmm. But then you realize it in a, in a wider aspect, and realize it in a, in a like the way it's applied to everything. And now I'm talking about my ass as well now. But uh, <laughs> when no, I think, it, I, think aspect, a, I think again, Paula should wear that as a badge of honor. If somebody says to her, "Oh, I, anyone could do that." And it's like, well, anyone could type, like typeset, if they learn the to. Jazz. Yeah. But you need to know why it looks like that, and not every, not everybody, anybody can with practice, but not, you know, somebody in IT, not to bash anybody in IT, but who's not had that practice that we've had, won't think of it uh, because we've kind of trained our minds to hear those sayings and create a rationale behind things like that. That's, I think that's what makes a designer worth their money is what is the yeah. reasoning it's, it's their mind you know mm. it's uh i think understanding the why is the most crucial stage research and strategy build brands way way faster than just being able to do great things just for the sake of doing great things i think of uh going back to sport again going back to tom brady um coming out of his college years he wasn't the most athletically gifted quarterback in that draft. He was a six-round pick. He didn't have a lot of playing time in college. Uh, he was tall and gangly. He didn't have muscle. But he understood the why of if a defense is, comes out in this formation, I should do this. Right. So he understood why everything should and how everything works. Uh, and once you understand that, you don't necessarily need to throw the ball 80 yards or have that talent to throw the ball at eight yards when you only needed, you know, six yard completion. So it's very tacti- so, tactically aware, right? Yeah, very tactically aware. And I think um, I think designers can look at that as well. It's important to have all these skills, and you know, if you know three D, great. If you know uh, layout design, great. But knowing why um, this project needs three D, or this project needs animation, or this project needs just a complete typography piece. Mm. Uh, is more important than 
learning how to do it you can pick up those things quite quickly i think especially with like skillshare and just youtube tutorials and stuff like that i think uh learning the why first is is a great way to separate yourself that's i just felt thought of a really nice parallel so ronaldinho and i'm sure it's translates to other um many other sports stars across american sports as well but ronaldinho one of the best skilled footballers the world has ever seen yeah um, absolutely. and you know he's got all the skills he could do them in the garden for days you know he could do keep you ups until he falls over like <laughs> yeah around the world until he fall over but it's only in like you really learn you really know how good he is when he uses it in games and, and he uses it mm-hmm. at the right moments and he, and he, and he, he uses it, it to get round people yeah. yeah, he built it off his fundamentals. He understands his position on the field. He's not going back and playing defense. You know, he knows his position on the field. Uh, he's got his fundamental set and he's added on top of it, which is what we do. We have our fundamental set and then we can add on top of it. We can learn uh, Cinema 4D or whatever software needs learning. And, you know, he does all those tricks to create separation on the field. And, you know, we're going to learn all our tricks because it's the right thing for the job, not just because it looks right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I love these parallels. Yeah. These are so good. Yeah, they're great. You can you can take a lot from sport. I've been saying yeah. it for years. You should uh, people should take a lot from sport. And now it's all coming to practice in this podcast. Yeah, finally putting it into one place. Um, let's let's talk about a couple more people. So, one thing uh, to talk about self ownership again, which we talked briefly about earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tyson. I recently watched Mike Tyson documentary on Amazon Prime, and it was incredible. He he was. Talking about the, obviously his background and, his, and where he grew up and his original trainer Customado and yeah, it's just it's just an incredible story. But one thing I've, I've really learned from him is this self ownership of things. Mm. If he lost a fight, he would never blame you know, any of his trainers. He'd never blame um, anyone in his corner or, or the referee yeah. or anyone like that. He, he would always blame himself for getting into those situations. You know, even when he, he bit Holy, uh, Amanda Holyfield's beard, uh, yeah. ear off. Like, yeah, he blamed him. He, he didn't blame him to, uh, for winding him, uh, Tyson up. He he blamed mm-hmm. him for getting into that situation and being allowed yeah. to be wound up. Because um, I think Holyfield uh, headbutted him a couple of times. I think that's why. Uh, why he got yeah, so angry. yeah. I, I think he got into his head. I think that was the entire point of yeah. Holyfield's fight. Yeah, and Mike Tyson blames himself because he shouldn't allow him to get into mm-hmm. his head. And it's that self ownership we can we translate over to design as well. Like why? We talked a little bit about it in the Instagram DMs. Is why why do we let clients or, or so-called bad clients in? Why do we why do we let projects fail? That sort of side of it. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's hard to. What what do you mean by fail in in that way? So uh, I don't know. Take take on um, projects that we think are going to work, and then eventually sort of don't work out, or, or or the logo doesn't get chosen the right way, or, or we didn't lead the client down the right route properly, or we didn't give the client the full understanding of why we did right. a certain thing. Um, and that should be on the designer rather than making an excuse, yeah. rather than making an excuse of the client didn't pick the right option or making yeah, the cl- I, yeah. those sort of things. I think it's important to, to own up to it, take responsibility and ultimately, again, not let it knock your confidence down. Because, you know, especially for young designers, uh, I think some designers might have a preconceived notion when they come out of university, the, the, that's it now. They're the full package. But it's like when you uh, when you pass your driving test, your instructor goes, "You're still learning. You know, you're not you're not a driver now. You just you've just 
you're allowed to go on the road. Uh, and it's, it's very much the same thing. Um, mistakes are going to happen, you know, and some, some are unavoidable, or, uh, unavoidable, some aren't. And it's, I think it's important to take ownership, just say, yep, that, that's on me, but not have it shake you to the point where you're like, you don't feel like you can come back and do it again. Uh, because it's, you know, there's only so much you can control, focus on the things that you can control and uh, work on making them better, I'd say. But, you know, m- mistakes happen. And there's a, the only thing that you can do in those situations is try and rectify the problem as best you can. Um, but don't, do- don't dwell on them, I'd say. I think that's important. Um, yeah. That's good. That's good advice. Uh, yeah, I, 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 like, I like that. That's, good, that's a good way to leave that point. Self-ownership. Making sure, yeah, making sure that yeah, you're correcting the situation if if it's not in the if it's not mm-hmm. maybe left in the right. Uh, yeah, at, at that point you can you have to control what you can control. You know, if if a situation has gone south, uh, it, it you play a little bit of damage control. Or you you have to do what you can in that situation to make it as best it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think a lot of people would. Uh, especially coming out at uni that if something goes south quite quickly they'd go oh well then this isn't for me and i've wasted my time blah 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 blah. it's just one bump in the road you know um you can all you can always bounce back from it still got to come through chicago <laughs> you know you, there's always a there's always a next time and there's things that you can take away from it as well uh you know how to maybe you didn't communicate with a client well enough okay now you know that you need to work on uh better communication between you and the client um well maybe something even if it's something as small as um some uh, there was some spelling errors well now you know you need to go back and check your spelling more often there's always a positive takeaway from negative things happening and it's about finding those positive things uh, and working on on bettering it that's a good clip i like that (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good advice. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to take away from that. Um, so one one other person I, I thought of was Conor McGregor, and uh, mm. it was hard. It's hard not to do an Irish accent when saying that name. Um, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a little um, walk around the. Uh, around yeah, the <laughs> I'm always doing that around the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to. It's, it's so funny, and it's like it's the epitome of like not giving a crap what people think about you. But you know why he does he it probably as well? Knows, is it because I'm a like, man? No, it was oh. a really good warm up for your shoulders as well. Like, oh, it's a really it? good okay, shoulder okay. warm up. Well, there you go. He's got a rationale <laughs> behind it, even better. Yeah. No, but generally, I've seen him do it before. Um, before the boxing match as well against Floyd, he did it um, in the changing mm-hmm. room. To it's, like, it's a really good shoulder rotation warm up. Um, I'm gonna do that in the gym from now on. Then. I was saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna walk on the treadmill like that. <laughs> Well, the only issue if you do it in the gym, everyone's going to think you're an idiot because they, they don't know the, they don't know that it's a good shoulder warm up. That's the only issue. Well, it, it, it'll give people a good laugh as well. It'll be, yeah. it'll be funny. Yeah, you can laugh at them as well. Yeah, I'm warming my shoulders up. You're over there breaking your shoulders and putting your muscles. Yeah, you're going to be sore tomorrow. Jokes on you. I'm, I'm all good. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, the self confidence of Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Like, should even when you go back to see his old tapes when he was younger. Should we have that sort of self-confidence? Should we, I think, we be... Yeah, sorry. Go on. Uh, I think it's important to have a lot of self-confidence, but not have it reach an ego point. Uh, 
I think McGregor, I don't know if he has an ego. I don't watch a whole lot of M- MMA. I know he does. that I bet. Yeah, I think a lot of it might be fabricated because of the nature of the sport. Um, but I think it's important to, again, like know you can get the job done. And you know you can do a good job and come in with that, that, that positive energy. Even if things start going south, keeping focused and... I'm sure McGregor's been da- like down in fights, and he knows that he can come back. You know, mm. um, I wouldn't go around telling everybody I'm the best in the world, for, for example. <laughs> but having that yeah. confidence that you can uh, you can go out, do a good job, and and do it you know do your job well, is as a key component. You know, especially if you're talking to a client and maybe trying to pitch. If you're going in a bit sheepish and going, eh, you know, maybe we can do it, they they won't pick you because. Um, they want yeah. to know a hundred percent that you're behind them and um we're in it win this together and we're gonna get the job done really well and it's gonna be something that we're all gonna be proud of. Um I'm sure McGregor's gonna go into every fight thinking this is gonna be a knockout and uh, I'm gonna be really proud of this fight, I'm gonna finish it in thirteen seconds. Uh and even if it doesn't, maybe he maybe it takes sixteen seconds, but it's not gonna knock his confidence down. Yeah, and uh... That's just sparked something in me that in, in my in my brain of uh, an email I wrote earlier on um, to, to a potential client is is the language you use in the email to to show mm-hmm. that to show that how interested you are in working with them how interested you are in that project so it's, it's simple yeah. stuff like that showing confidence showing, yeah and uh, standing up in front of well obviously now it's going to be more of a Zoom than it is um, uh, standing up in front of people but standing up and talking can be one of the scariest things in the world until because for me i i wasn't great at it until maybe the end of my second year where i and i just decided instead of talking you know like numbers and being like statistical with it you if you take your client on a journey that conveys your confidence a lot better and also brings your client in on uh, to a level where they understand what you understand uh and it's it's more fun. It makes the thing more fun. We uh we had a um a talk at uni. Uh, it was a, a group project where we had to do a piece on breast cancer, and I just thought that's going to be really mellow and it's going to be a bit upsetting. Uh, why don't I try and have some fun with it? And the entire project was just breast puns, and uh, and I had to stand up in front of you know twenty professionals and make breast puns. But if you uh, you say it with confidence, and to me, as soon as I got that first laugh, I, I, there was there was no turning back. I knew that I could control it. Uh, yeah. So I, I I could I'm hoping that I get more time in front of clients soon. I'm only young, so I can understand if it takes a little bit longer to get in front of clients and doing pitches and stuff like that. But once it gets to a point where the hardest part is always the first sentence. You know, once you get that first line out and you get a re- you see a response. It's, then it's just like having a conversation and mm. you know i think confidence can be built off of off of those moments when you uh you put yourself in a, a situation where maybe you're not the most confident but if you act like the most confident all of a sudden you start feeling more confident too yeah that's a, that's a good point but uh what, what do you think of sort of the faking it till you make it do you think it works I, in design i i think to an extent it can work yeah um like yeah like i said i was the first couple of talks that i did was terrified and i just pretended like nothing happened that group talk the the prevent breast cancer one that i talked about i was in a group 
And my teammate was like, are you not nervous? And I went, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. In- internally, I was screaming. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know I was what? about to stand up. Mike Tyson talks about that as well. Like he, t- he talks about walking up to the ring and he's shitting it inside, but then on the yeah. outside, he's, he's to scare his opponent. He's confident as anything. Mm-hmm. Especially in a, in a group setting, because I think if you show that you're feeling confident, that will bring up your partner as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was shitting bricks before going up <laughs> to do that talk. Uh, I was nervous. I, I was like shaking a little bit. My hand, like if I had my hand steady, it was like that. But I just had my hands in my pockets, so no one could tell. Oh no, I didn't. I, I had it like by my side, so nobody could see. And I just every time my te- my teammate was like, you know, we're up next. I'm like, yeah, we're, and we're gonna race this. We're gonna yeah. go in and then we're gonna ace this, and it's it's gonna go well. And it and it did go well, luckily. But I, it's I don't know if it was because of the false confidence, but I don't see how it was a detriment. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that the this faking it till you make it's an interesting concept. I think in in those situations, I think you're right. I think you can definitely take some stuff away from it, and it's it's not always as black. It's it's, well, it's never really as black as black and white as people say. It is. It's always a bit of grey when people say, oh, is, "Is this the right way to do things?" But the the faking it till you make it in terms of um, projecting yourself to be bigger than you are, or or, um, mm. or uh, like giving out motivational quotes on Instagram, or uh, yeah, that's where it becomes a bit dangerous. I think. Yeah, yeah. The the idea of you know acting um, like you can do something that you maybe have never done before is is a it can become a crash and burn moment. Which again, you can learn from. You can take that experience and learn from it. But uh, I think you also have to be realistic with yourself. You know, uh, I I knew in that moment that I can talk as long as I get that first line out confidently. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to tell you that I can make a Disney Pixar movie in a week. You know, <laughs> you you have to you have to understand your limitations a little bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Imagine that. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Oh, I can get that done. No problem. I, I, and I've done that before. I did that to um, not on that scale. But Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, my boss was like, "Can you make a logo sting?" I was like, "Yeah, of course I can." I've got to make a logo sting now. <laughs> I got home and I was like, "Well, got to learn After Effects real quick." Those little things, that's fine, you know. Um, just say, but that's the whole like, just say yes and then learn as you're doing kind of mentality. But if you get told, hey, we need you to write a script for a new movie, I'll, I'll have to say, well, I'm not a writer. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. But that's when you say like, you, uh, I'm not a writer. You have to be realistic. Has. You have to, yeah, be, yeah exactly. You have to um, understand your yourself. And there's a word that I'm looking for. Um, it, it's gone. But uh, yeah, just understand your limitations and don't 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 fake it to that regard. I'd say. Yeah, it's dangerous, dangerous stuff. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, people like transparency. I think, especially with social media, where everything you can't you can't really trust anything. Yeah. Well, people on social media are only ever going to show their highlight footage, as opposed yeah. to like a B-roll. They're always going to put the best foot forward and going to show the things in their life that are great. But then they're, they're not going to, unless they're supremely confident in themselves, they're not going to show them the moments where they break down and, and cry. I had that. I had a message from a friend from college the other week, and she was like, "Oh, I'm so proud that you're doing so well." And I'm like, "I was in tears <laughs> not too long ago. I don't know what you're talking about." But that's yeah. because she'd only ever seen the the good side of my life, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
it's a it's a big realization to make as well for any, anyone listening. Yeah. It's, um, the competitive side of me is as well is like, well, yeah, but I'm not as good as this person. But you need to realize that it's just a highlight reel that you're seeing. You're not seeing all the bad stuff as well. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this, is, this has been a powerful podcast. You know, I've, I've enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. I've enjoyed it too. It's my first one. The first one in the box. Hopefully, first of many. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. it, well, uh, let's do. Yeah, actually, uh, have you got any uh, people, that, anyone else that you've looked up to, or anyone, anything else that you want to anyone? mention before we close off? I mean, in design, there's definitely people like Paula Scher that I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing you talk to. I went to see her design Manchester talk. People like Stefan Seigmeister and Jessica Walsh, Seymour mm. uh, Quast, obviously, you know. Uh, outside of sports, I'm going to wrote a list. Uh, um, yeah, Brady, Bill Belichick, Kobe, LeBron. LeBron is, is a great one because of not only his greatness on the court, but his greatness off the court and his uh, passion to giving back to his community. I think that's a great thing that all designers can and should do is that just because you've quote unquote made it, don't forget you know the, the students that are struggling and students that have a lot of lessons to learn as well. And there's no, you know, it, it's fun to host workshops or give advice and just be open. Um, you know, there's people up from the University of Bolton that I, I'd love to talk to and give them advice. And my, my DMs are always open in that regard. And that's something that I've learned from LeBron. He opened a school. LeBron yeah, opened a school. Crazy, in, in, yeah, that's that's the ultimate form of giving back. You know, he wants to educate the people of um, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, I've driven past that school. As in, like, have uh, you? Yeah, really? I think. Well, I, I say I drove. I didn't drive. My uh, friend did. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Mark I'd, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be scared to drive in America. Being on the other side of the road, and I've not done yeah. that yet. Yeah, I, I'd be scared as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Mark and Lee Roberts, and I, when I went and visited those guys, they're wicked designers. But um, so yeah, no, LeBron's definitely one the one they could take a lot from. I mean, it's so yeah. interesting how we take. I would look up with these people and take certain bits from them. One thing I want to ask. LeBron gets. Sorry, sorry go on. No, you go. You go. Was, LeBron gets probably the most criticism of any athlete. Really? He gets a lot of praise, but he gets the most criticism you hear on any American sports channel because he's, you know, he was touted as the next Michael Jordan and he's won three championships instead of six or whatever. They're like, oh, he's, he's not as good. And especially in his older ages, like people get t- telling him he's washed. And he has a great ability to block out any noise. And that comes from having a strong support system at home from his coaches and in, in the gym and his teammates. His ability to block out the noise and just say, we're going to go do some great things together. That support system is an interesting one. I really want to explore that more in my own life and, and career especially. I think mm. it will come more into action if I ever move out my parents' house and. Yeah, I think I think it's important to have people around you that will push you to be the best that you can be, um, and not have people who are uh, yes men, I guess. You know, people who will just because I, I bet Mike Tyson was surrounded by people who would just say, "Yeah, Mike, you can do whatever you want." In his and, second uh, part of his career, yeah, when he when yeah. Castamardo passed away, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so. Having a great support. Michael Jordan had his dad, who was a constant person to lean on. And then the security team became a support system for him. You know, yeah. they were a, a, a older, group, uh, older group of guys who 
would tell you, you know, he'd tell him straight. And I think that's important to have. So you don't become egotistical and maniacal, uh, not maniacal, uh, egotistical and just, you know, over the top, I can get away with anything because I've made it. You know, there's... 100%. Yeah, interesting stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing where, where you go and where we both go and, and like what's going to happen yeah. in the future. And then we look back on this podcast and think, oh, yeah, that's the reason. Hopefully, that's a... <laughs> Hopefully we do another one in the, you know. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely after that. Um, so the last few questions, as you're the first, it's just your first time on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I think I might have asked you one of them at the DNAD festival. I did, yeah. Uh, okay, so the first one is uh, what gets you up in the morning. Uh, what, what gets you out of bed? What makes you tick? Uh, knowing that we're about to do something great, I think. You know, when we have Jamie in the studio, Jamie's the most lively person you'll ever meet. He can turn a bad situation good at any point and you know when i know that i'm going into a studio with someone like gabby and someone like jamie who are or like just always the most energetic most fun people to be around uh, i think that's something that gets me out of bed just knowing that i'm going to be around be with great company and we're going to do great things together uh i guess competitiveness also gets me out of bed in a way uh nice. knowing that you know, later in the day, I'm going to trash talk my cousin and tell him that he's not going to beat me. We have, it's terrible. We keep score on <laughs> on like 2K um, or Madden. We have a score. And the, the other day I, I was playing him and he, I've never seen him rage quit before. And it, it finally happened. And I just, I, I didn't text him for two days because I thought, oh, this competitiveness has gone too far now because uh, we've not gotten to this level uh, before. Uh, but yeah, I think... The, the, for the most part, knowing that, you know, we're going to work on something great. And the fact that I get to go into work every day and be creative, mm. you know, I think we're in a very privileged position to say, I to say, that. To say yeah. we get to go in and do something that we love and is just a lot of fun. There's a serious part to it, but you have to realize that we're, we are advanced drawing for a living in a, in a way. And that's such a privileged thing to to do, uh, and we we shouldn't take that for granted. Even through the hard parts, you you know, I, for me, I feel like I'm I'm living my dream job, in a sense. And it's only so early in my career as well. Just to say that I'm enjoying every moment and trying not to take it for granted. Uh, there's not not many people get to say that they're doing what they wanted to do from their childhood, uh, and that I think that gets me ticking and that keeps me going and I because I don't want to give that up I don't want to let that go I don't want to lose that feeling and maybe it's my naivety and maybe I, I've spoken to some older designers who have maybe uh have, have been through a lot more than me and they're like oh you'll start hating it eventually I hope I never do nah but, that's 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 not true if you if you really are doing everything you love I think I think I've spoken to other designers as well that do say that they've loved it all the way through their life yeah, Lance exactly. Wyman is one of them. I love, uh, I love seeing like I watched that Skillshare with uh, Seymour Quast, and you can okay. still tell he he loves what he does and he wants it to be the best that he possibly can be. Mm. Uh, and I, I hope that that's my path as well. Because yeah, yeah, like I said, we're in such a privileged position. Exactly. Yeah, and there's guys that say that. Or, or women. Uh, <laughs> when I say guys, I mean I mean everyone. There's people that say um, yeah, 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 that uh, that you know that one day you hate it eventually you know they're not in the right place that, that means you've got, yeah. that they've got something if bad I, in their life they've got to change yeah if I ever feel like I start hating it then it's probably time for me to swap careers 
or and, just and studio find something or, or whatever or whatever studio or, or you yeah. know atmosphere maybe it's the place that you're in whatever it may be um but yeah, also goals. Goals get me out of bed. Oh, we never talked about this. Right, let's do uh, it. We didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got several. Um, one of them is to work in New York. I, oh, I love yeah. New York. I mean, g- given that I'm a, I was born in Connecticut, I think I, I think part of me wants to go back. I was I didn't get to really experience it. I lived in America. I lived in California for like three months uh, because my dad had a job there, and I loved California. But I I think I'm more the city type the deep new york city type uh and i'd love to work whether it be in pentagram or and walsh or wherever it may be i think that's uh, that's a dream of mine to even be there um i i said to you the black pencil that's like a, a it's like holding the lombardi trophy or the, you know the premier league uh championship i've lost that um yeah. not not necessarily for the actual uh, um Award, I don't really put too much stock in awards uh, at this stage of my life. But um, it's more because to work on a to get a black pencil, you have to work on something huge, you know. And um, I, I'd love to work on something on such a large scale that mm. even if I don't win the black pencil, just to be to be in a position where I've worked on something so big that everybody like knows about it, kind of thing. It yeah, is yeah. a dream of mine. And uh, I think the last one that I'll mention is uh, rebranding the uniforms for the Giants. <laughs> I think nice. I think they're due. I think they're due one. Uh, they've had some great ones in history. And I'd, I'd love to be part of the team that puts that together. A lot of a lot of the NFL teams are doing doing that right now. The Chargers have some beautiful uniforms now. And I think the Giants need to need to do a little bit of a, a little bit of a throwback, but bring it, make it new. Make it fresh. I'm going to say this just in case it does happen one day. Let's go to New York and start a studio based around sports branding. Right, let's do it. I think we should absolutely do it. I think that would be the most fun. Imagine if we do it now. Imagine if we look back into 50 years' time and think, shit, that's where it started. um, Yeah, and we're looking at MetLife Stadium. That's all I want to see. Just in case. I'll do all the the New York Red Bulls stuff. All the uh, stuff for football and soccer. Yeah. And then, ah, and the I'll concentrate on the, the Nick. Uh, I'll be doing the Knicks then and the and the Giants. I think Pentagram have the Jets. We're not we're not going to steal them. Yeah, we will. We, will. we want everything. We want monopoly over us. Stuff over us. We're the best. We'll take we'll take over New York sports. That's what we'll do. <laughs> wow. You know, this is a part of it though, isn't it? It's like having having those dreams. And, yeah, and even I think as, it's as silly that. as they sound now, as, as silly as that might sound, right to anyone listening, that's like. Imagine though, imagine that. Just, just if even if having that thought in your mind, it it, it plants a seed. Yeah, I I think it's important to have goals and things to look forward to in your career, and make sure that they're constantly evolving. Because you know it's hard. It it can hit you like a cutoff point. Oh, I've achieved this goal. What next? But if you're constantly evolving those goals, it's going to keep you motivated and keep you going. That's it. Find find the thing that keeps you motivated and keep it ahead of you at all times. It's like having a like a piece of pizza on a on a string in front of you, and you're constantly chasing it. Just keep going, to keep chasing. You know, would there's that, always going to be. Would, would that Sorry, be your food of choice in front of you? Probably. I've yeah. been I've been trying to stay away from pizza and burgers <laughs> and stuff, but it's always going to be. Yeah. You can never go wrong with pizza. See, I think mine, well, mine would be a a good curry. I love a good curry. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. See, I'm, I'm odd because I, I'm Pakistani, but I don't eat a lot of curry. So <laughs> my mum, my mum hates it. Every time my mum makes really? curry, she, yeah, my mom, no, my mum loves curry, but I hate it. Ah. If she makes it, I'm not going to eat it, and it, it drives them mental. She looks at me yeah. and like, what, what, what went wrong here? Why? <laughs> Uh, it's the born in Connecticut thing. That's that's what, that's what it is. It must be. It must be. I'm too, used to, I'm too used to pizza now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, working in New York, I think oh, we're rambling now. But um, have you got enough time? You're right. You're right for time. I, I've got all the time in the world. Okay, good. That's what does to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, working in New York, I think for, for me, I think that's, that's another dream, isn't it? It's, yeah. I, I think I share that dream with you. I think I think that will only benefit a design career part, part of working some... for Sorry, um, no, I was going to say like, part, part of working for an, uh, for in another country or in another big city like that um, can, it can only benefit it can only bring up different perspectives and different um, different life experiences that will impact your design in a positive way so yeah, I think there's so much inspiration around New York because it's such a diverse place you know you've got so, people of different cultures and creeds and religions and races I think it's a, a, the one of the best places that you could possibly be. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like a it's like London, where it's a melting pot of different cultures and. Yeah, I think it's important to be around those different cultures and experience everybody. You know, you can learn so much from everybody, and you shouldn't try and put yourself in one corner. And, and New York is the perfect place to go out there and experience and anybody and everything. Yeah, I think I just think it's a great environment to be in. We're doing it. We're moving to New York. See you later, Phil. That's it. All right. <laughs> That's my uh, plan done. <laughs> um. All right. Next question. Uh, is what's your best purchase under a hundred pounds? Ooh, I remember answering, and it was the shoes that I was wearing at the time. That's it. Uh, let's have a look. See, they might be the shoes that I bought for graduation. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I was the only person. Do you want me to go get them quickly? Because they're on yeah, the there. Yeah, do it. little display. Go for it. Well, they better be Jordans now after this. Oh shit! <laughs> that's a good point. I do have a pair of Jordans, but they're not the ones that I'm. These oh, ones, look at those. Are, yeah, I was the only person in um, graduation wearing Air Max. Um, what are they called? Air. No, I didn't. I'm not a shoe person. <laughs> Nike, Nike Air. Yes. Yeah, they're just airs. Air Force One, that's it. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just thought it'd be really... Because I wore a blue suit, I thought it'd be really funny to wear a pair of trainers. Because I think it expresses my personality. Quite, at least at that time, uh, a lot. I wore... I have like 20 pairs of shoes over there. Uh, and at one point, yeah, I was deeply into shoes. And now I've kind of swapped it for design books. I think, I think I've mellowed a little bit. And, that's uh, good that's good now my now my bookcases are gonna fall on this uh, mac if i'm not careful i think yeah, it's, it's important to have one thing that you're really obsessed about away from design i mean mm -hmm. it, i mean yeah. it, now for i think for me it's sports signed sports cards i know that you know i'm not five Lots. but uh <laughs> people, people say oh you still collect sports cards but yeah, I'm not five, all right. All right. So, I think it's so, I think it's important to have something to collect and have a hobby outside of design for sure. I, I think uh, it, for me it's more like the, the people on them that and having their yeah. autograph and what it represents. Like, I'll show you. I'll show you this one. I've got some better ones coming, but this one, 
Ronaldinho. Oh, where is he? Signed, oh, signed Ronaldinho's card there. Um, I definitely four, four out of five. Five in the world. Having that five oh, in the wow. world. Yeah. I mean, it's like part of them. being an elite group. That's it. One of five people in the world who have that card. It's crazy. Only issue is they cost a ton of money. So uh, <laughs> I think yes. everything, anything that you want to collect is a, always costs a ton of money. I've been, I've been buying one a month, like just just like making sure, yeah. making sure it's like the first before. thing that comes out, so I don't have to worry about like, money for the rest of the month. Yeah. With the shoes, I was like that for a while. I would I was buying one a month. I've got quite a lot of Nikes, a few Vans, one pair of New Balance, a couple of Jordans. You know. <laughs> oh, it'd be really funny. embarrassing if I had zero pair of Jordans after talking about Jordans. It would be. Last... It'd be real yeah. bad. So I just found out that Scott Pippen has his own shoes as well. Does he? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, I, yeah, hmm. I only found out. I'm going to have to look into that. I know Sha- Sha- Shaq has his own pair. Have you seen Shaq's logo? Because <laughs> no. jo- Jordan Jordan has the uh, the jump man, so Shaq has the dunk man. And it's oh, <laughs> it's just him dunking on a rim. It's, oh, yeah. It's the funniest thing. I, I, I quite it... like it. I, it's, it's really funny to me that he's just been... He's just gone for it, you know. He knows that it's a copy of Jordan, but he's just gone for it. That looks cool on here as well. I'm looking at it on a. I'm looking at it on some sort of round sticker, and it looks wicked. It's got the sort of cut out of the let big big shack letters. Yeah. He's a. And one of the funniest people. <laughs> it's it. He's got no. Um, it's like he can't handle a joke, but he can dish it out, and it's really funny to see. Because he's on a he's on a TV show with Charles Barkley, who is quite um, he can dish it out and he can take it as well. But Shaq just can't. So seeing their dynamic is the funniest thing to me. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. Do you have any life advice to for non non design related? Uh, oof, non design. I just I guess just find find what you love and keep doing it. I think is it's what I say to everyone, and I always say it's the lamest piece of advice. It's find what you love and keep doing it. But, um, yeah, I think finding something that you're passionate about can will always drive you uh, and will always make you enjoy life a lot more. You know, hmm. I, I, um, like I take my dad as an example who worked in IT for so many years and he didn't like it, you know, and um, you could tell it was taking a toll on him and stuff. And then it got to a point where, you know, he, he got made redundant in 2010. And I think it, it probably is the best thing that ever happened to him, you know, because he realized that no, he didn't enjoy looking at code the entire day and being a computer programmer. And he's he's gone on to um, look after autistic adults uh, as his career. And, you know, we I've got an autistic older brother, so he thought it'd be beneficial for him to learn more about that autistic mindset. And, you know, it's a taxing job, but he ultimately enjoys it. And you can tell in his mannerisms, he's a lot more happy in life now than he was working in IT. So, you know. That's so good to hear. I'm so pleased. Yeah. That's yeah. such a nice story. Finding, finding what you love can, uh, can definitely change your whole mood and change the rest of your life. It's true. That's very true. Um, final question is, how do you want to be remembered? <laughs> just a kid doing his best <laughs> I think that's all I could ever ask for is just a guy who um, 
whatever project came his way or whatever he did, he put his put his all into it. That's I think is the simplest terms I could say. I don't I don't ever want to be known as the guy who half asked his entire life. I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to to try my best. Love it. I echo that. Where can people find you? Uh, check you out. Check out your social Ooh, media. Uh, Instagram is just at Yakub Mir, which is Y A Q U B M I R. It's a bit of a tough word to, to spell. <laughs> it, it's it's Arabic for Jacob, so it's easier to remember. Uh, Twitter is Yakub Mir underscore because someone took Yakub Mir and hasn't used that account since 2012. Always away. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I have my design account, which is Yakub Designs, on uh, on Instagram. Nice. That's that's pretty much me for for social media. I'm, I'm very quiet on it. So if you if you're looking for entertainment, look somewhere else. Is this this is not me? Um, I'll post from time to time, but it's never uh, it's not not a frequent thing. I'll leave the links down in the description. Uh, thank you very much for doing the podcast. It's been great. <laughs> great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. There you go. Powerful podcast. That. Great. I enjoyed that. Real fun. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It was really, really good to speak to Cuban and now bring him on full-time for the Creative Waffle host. Um, it's fantastic. We've already recorded quite a few episodes with him uh, as well as other guests. So it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, and his mentality is, is fantastic. It's rock solid, pulling from these different athletes and one that I hope to, hope to, hope to take from as well. Um, and I'm glad he's part of the team. So yeah, uh, please do go over to uh, Apple Podcasts and leave a review over there if you enjoyed the podcast. Or you can check out creativewaffle.club for all of the latest stuff over there um, and blog articles and newsletters um, and all sorts. All sorts. Creative Waffle newsletter is a really good one to sign up to as well. You've got uh, loads of loads of free stuff, loads of free mock-ups and resources when you sign up. Um, I'll, I'll be sending out that. Uh, that comes around on the newsletter. So whenever the next newsletter is you get, you'll, you'll get the, the link to all of the free stuff. Um, well worth signing up. It's not just a couple of free things. It's hundreds of thousands of free things. Um also, you get entered into the book giveaways as well. So, creativewaffle.club slash newsletter, I think it is. But yeah, thank you very much. See you next time for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast.